Hey everyone, welcome back to Movie Geek and Proud. This is your host Rob, and I'm here with my good friend Sean, who's going to help me with today's uh, movie. How's it going? Pretty good. Thank you for having me back, even if it's rom-coms. <laughs> <laughs> I know, rom-coms, yeah. Uh, well, look, I'm trying to be as broad as possible with this show. I'm trying out different genres, seeing which ones hit as far as, you know, people listening to them. And I may have an audience out there that loves rom-com, so I'm going to try it out. Um, but yeah, before we get into all of that, I want to make uh, an announcement that I have a Patreon page. Uh, I hear a lot of these podcasters do uh, Patreon and um, it's if you don't know anything about it, it's a it's a great way for uh, listeners and fans to contribute to their favorite entertainment media, whether it's podcasting or music or artwork or anything. And it allows you to support and donate any kind of money that you may have just to invest into their projects so they can continue to do the work that they love to do for you. So I decided to make one, and um, with it comes a couple of you know rewards that I want to give back, which includes like behind the scene pictures, some extended episodes, uh, full reviews of movies that I didn't review on the uh, episode at hand, and um, also some more stuff coming up that I want to do, and and with your help gives me the opportunity to buy better equipment or put it towards, you know, different movies and stuff that I don't own and need access to. And so, uh, yeah, uh, I, I want you guys to check it out and um, see if um, any of it fits to your liking. And trust me, I'm doing my very best to provide a lot of extra stuff that's not on these episodes, including last week. We talked a lot and... Uh, the episode of The Little Mermaid that you got, there's an actual 30 full minutes of extra footage that I cut out of it. And so by joining Patreon for just as low as a dollar, we'll get you that episode of the full unedited 90-minute episode of Little Mermaid. That's what happens when you put three gays in a room and exactly. talk about Little Mermaid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the uh, it's patreon.com slash MGP podcast. And, um, yeah, I, I want to also throw some shout outs. I already have three patrons so far. Uh, so I want to say, uh, a huge thank you to, uh, Noah, Susie and Rigo who have believed in my vision <laughs> and is, uh, supporting me with that. So I want to say thank you so much for your help and, uh, what you've contributed uh, monthly will definitely put towards this podcast 100%. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say that. So again, huge thank you. Uh, also, uh, I'm also on uh, different platforms as well. So if, if you're listening on SoundCloud, I'm also on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher. I hear that Podbean is what those kids like to listen to I've nowadays. I've never even heard of that one. I'm <laughs> so, yeah, so no, old. Ap apparently, Podbean's pretty popular. And then um, Spotify, I'm going to try and work on getting on that too. So uh, whichever platform you're listening on, just remember to rate and comment on the episode or the show. 
This helps um, get this show out to a broader audience and more visible in search engine engines. So, um, yeah, again, thank you so much for listening to those who have since the beginning. All right. That's out of the way. It's out of the way. Yes, I know. It was very long. (laughs) Okay. um, So this is the uh, odd week. So we're going to do some trailer talk. And three minute and less reviews. And then our big feature presentation will be on a rom-com. Let's do our three minute reviews. Okay. All right. So here, let me get my timer out. Let's do uh, a review of Breaking In starring Gabrielle Union and Billy Burke. So we didn't see this movie together. So this is the first time I'm hearing your reaction to this. What do you think of breaking in? I kept trying to tell him all week. He's like, shut up. I know. I don't want to hear anything. It's better to get that raw, like (laughs) interaction and, and like inter. Yeah. So overall, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. I wish that as a mother with her kids in danger, like she stepped it up a little bit more. I wanted to see her, you know, get the fuck away from my kids and just really go for it. And I feel like we didn't really get that in the movie. So, I mean, just your line that you gave her to say, she couldn't do it because it was PG-13. True. And I think that's what held this movie back mm. in so many ways. I um didn't mind the movie either. It could have been better than what it was. Gabrielle Union, I'm always impressed with her work. She does everything and ever since she you know was shaking them pom-poms talking about it's cold in here (laughs) i've watched her and like every movie she just excels in everything that she does and i loved her performance in this movie however because it was pg-13 they couldn't let her like really fly and be that mom that's like you messed with the wrong house yeah so yeah i i just wanted to be better and even the ending it was i won't say what happens but it was just kind of like Oh, and that's it. It's over. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, for those who don't know this movie, uh, she uh, has to visit this home that she grew up in. It's in the middle of nowhere, and it's this home that's, like, heavily guarded and secured with a great, like, alarm security system and all that good stuff. And while she's there with her two kids, there are these three people who break in because they know that some money's stashed in there. Doesn't that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the the antagonists, the villains, like they weren't really that threatening. Some people, I guess, would find Billy Burke's character to be kind of cool with his demeanor, but I would have preferred somebody who was scare, scary to yeah. like or be feared. You just made me think of something too about the bleached-haired guy. I thought it was weird that they kept alluding to him being gay. I didn't really know, like, where that came in. Well, I mean, I think it's just one of those, like, rumors about what happens in prison. Because he's obviously not a badass. So all the pretty boys would turn into, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody's bitch or something. But, yeah, it they just could have done better. So it wasn't laughable, but there were just some parts where it was just like, I'm not scared for her. And we just wanted to see the action. And even that, we didn't even get to see that much action. Right. So, I mean... I give, what do you rate this? I'd probably give it um, two security vaults. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, I gave it a solid three. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. This, uh, okay. okay. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, that was breaking in. 
Uh, next, let's talk about some Deadpool 2. <gasps> so this movie just released this Friday. Um, I don't know if you're one of the lucky folks who got to see it. Um, what do we think of Deadpool 2? So as a movie, I absolutely loved it. As a comic book fan, I think they still made some weird like X-Men decisions, which didn't really... It just kind of ruined the the um, overall plot even more for that timeline. Okay, but I love the movie. <laughs> okay, from an entertainment entertainment perspective, I enjoyed it. It was funny, you know. Um, I I was into it. I was engaged. Great action. There was something missing for me, though. Mm. I still prefer the first one. Okay, I don't think this was a like one hundred percent like hit for a sequel. And I mean, the huge difference is that this movie got tons of story in this one. It wasn't just, you know, random acts of violence. And, you know, I mean, the first one kind of had a story, but this one had like meaning to it. There was a lot of like foreshadowing and, and a lot of things to allude to future movies and stuff. And so, they really dug deep into the story, I guess. Um, but there was tons of stuff that I loved of this movie. I mean, all the Easter eggs and the and the meta that went on. I mean, there was tons of like Goonies jokes that I loved hearing about. Mm-hmm. And um, would you say this one's more like more violent or? Um, I'd say it's probably a little less violent. I agree with you on the story. It definitely has more story, but Mm -hmm. I think that was, to me, that was a smart place to go. Because I think if it didn't have as much story as the first one, then we would not have felt satisfied. It would just be a rehash of the first one. Okay. And I, you know, I definitely don't mind a a bit of change for sure. It was just, I I don't know if it's because I'm desensitized with this violence since I it wasn't as of a shock because I don't I didn't know anything about Deadpool when mm-hmm. I saw the first one and that movie ended up being the best movie of the year for me that year yeah so this one I don't know there was just something okay well and we talked about this like I didn't like Russell I was not a fan of the kid just putting it out there I it's not like I wanted him erased or anything it's just I didn't like his character it was just too angsty for me. It's whatever. But there were a lot of surprises. And please stay for the ending. Did you have people walk out? Yes. I wanted to throw stuff at them. I did. I don't know what held you back. I was like, why is everybody getting up? But that happens in every Marvel movie every to this single day. One, no one cares. It's such the weirdest thing that people still well, get up today. I, f- I remember right in this one, though, there wasn't anything after... All the credits, right? It was just a mid credit. It was scene. just the mid credits. Okay. Yes, that's right. So there was nothing at the very end, but yeah, even then, like, yeah, just come day. on. I know it was the weirdest thing. And it, shut up. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a feeling we'll end up reviewing that movie in the future in full because yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's this show. So that was foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. uh so let's go to the trailer park. Talk some trailers. <laughs> is that Hedwig over there? <laughs> I know. No, okay, so this is what I want you to do. Every right. time you record with me and we do our trailer, we do our trailer park, I want you to just transition us in with in a world. In a world. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So uh the trailers that I wanted to bring up today, um, one of them is uh Crazy Rich Asians. 
Uh, I just showed this to Sean right before we started recording. Sean, what do you think of that? I thought it looked fun. I think it's um, going to be nice to see a fully American Asian movie. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a, a fun concept because I know a lot of Asian parents can be very strict. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, cr- uh, Crazy Rich Asians is, I, I believe it's based on a novel. Uh, this movie releases in August 17th. And it's about three wealthy Chinese families prepare for the wedding of the year. Um, it focuses on um, uh, Nick Young, uh, Henry Golding is the is the gentleman who is dating a woman, uh, Constance Wu, who is currently the mom off of um, Fresh Off the Boat, and she has no idea that this man is rich as balls, and she gets the opportunity to meet his family and through that finds out that he's been hiding a lot about his family and background and the fact that he's like filthy rich. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed this trailer too. And yes, there is a lot of visual representation of Asian culture in the trailer, but the, but the, um, the plot of the movie, the, the flow of the trailer didn't really concentrate. Like it could have been any race. And I like that. Um, this is just a rom-com and it, it's it's not heavily focused on, you know, like the Asian culture. Even if it was, that's fine, too. But it was just the, I, I like the way that it's it's being treated as just any old movie. Right. That could be coming out. Exactly. So I, I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's about fucking time <laughs> as well. And I, I, I really hope that this movie is good. And if it's not, has nothing to do with the ethnicity. Um. It, you know, is just not a good movie. But if it is, then, you know, there's no excuses anymore, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I do hope that we see more of this. So, uh, yeah, that's August 17th. Uh, oh, yeah, and then <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Happy Time Murders. I haven't been this broken in the head since watching Jennifer Conley's Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I have read about this movie for a very long time. This is when the Muppets was coming back into popularity, and then all of a sudden, let's announce that they're going to make another hybrid human-Muppet movie, and it's going to be, like, hardcore rated rated R. And, uh, yeah, what'd you think of this trailer? It looks really fun. I like. I always like Melissa McCarthy, except for some exceptions here or there. <laughs> but uh the silly string looks hilarious. Like it just looks like a fun trailer. It actually looks a lot like Avenue Q, which part of me would rather see that as a movie, I think. Okay. But I love anything with Muppets and adult humor, so I'm there. <laughs> I have never seen Adam- Avenue <gasps> Q. I know. I'm so mad at that. Well, how often does that even come to our city, to be honest? For, like there's not many opportunity to go. It was in Orange County just like Three years ago. Yeah. And my friend Lewis was in it. And I'm surprised something like that is not even like on DVD at this point. That's true. So, I mean, trust me, it's not because I don't want to see it. I really want to see it. But this movie would remind me of Meet the Feebles. And Ugh. you still have I know. No, I... Oh, you have seen that? Well, I didn't watch the whole thing. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, Rob. <laughs> it was, and I watched The Human Centipede all the way through. <laughs> it was such nonsense, but I just, I just went through uh. it. And then it also kind of reminds you a little bit of Team America, too, especially at the end of the trailer that we saw. (laughs) But, I mean, it's a hardcore rated R. The the trailer that's online right now is the Red Band trailer. So, I mean, you're going to get 
exactly what it is that this movie's trying to Tell represent. <laughs> but okay, so Melissa McCarthy, are you cool with her? I mean, they could have chosen anyone, but I mean, like, are you I good think with she's her being hysterical? Except for Life of the Party, but I think she's hysterical. I'm excited to see her whenever she comes out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this movie stars um, Melissa McCarthy, Elizabeth Banks, Joel McHale, Maya Rudolph. I don't know who the voice of the of her puppet partner is, but um, yeah, um, apparently there's a there's a you know a guy or girl or whoever out there killing puppets <laughs> who were part of this '80s TV show called Happy Time, I think. And yeah, they're just trying to solve a murder. It's like Roger Rabbit. I was basically. just going to say, yeah, like, like Roger, Roger Rabbit, Rabbit with puppets. Yeah. <laughs> but this movie does look funny. I want to see does. it. Yeah, it made me laugh out loud. So, all right. So, let's see. What are we going to do? Okay. Now, time for our feature presentation. We're going to do another movie from Rob's collection. Um, I'm going to. Uh, I picked a movie from my collection that one Sean has not seen, but. Let me ask you this, Sean. What is your take on rom-coms, just in general? In general, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Um, I'll talk more about it throughout the episode, I Mm -hmm. think, but typically they feel very formulaic to me, so I'm not against them. You know, I do like certain Mm rom-coms, but overall it's not my favorite genre. Okay, so when you say formulaic, because each genre has its own cliche and formula that works... To fit that. So, I mean, like, is it just because of the content, the fact that it's all lovey-dovey, or or is it too formulaic more than other genres? Thank you for asking, Rob. I actually <laughs> wrote it down in my little notes here. <laughs> <laughs> I actually narrowed it down to three types of formulas that I've noticed. Okay. There's one where there's some sort of subterfuge, like somebody's dared to go out with like the nerdy girl who's just a hot girl in glasses and like halfway through the movie she finds out and gets all mad like and to me I think sometimes it's overly mad just for the sake of the story whereas a real person would be like oh that sucks but yeah we have fallen in love but yeah it becomes a big thing and then there's a big chase to the to the airport as she's trying to leave so that's one kind of the subterfuge The second is I find there's a lot of them where it starts off funny and then whatever conflict happens and then it gets really sad for like the last act of the film. Okay. And that usually will kill it for me. Okay. And the last one is the predictability of characters. So like you have the ones where there's a guy and a girl, they fall in love, but one of them's with somebody else. And then you have the whole like very predictable guy who's like... I'm the perfect guy, you should marry me, and then just out of nowhere, he's cheating on her, or he's beating her, and it just, that was really weird, like, beating her. (laughs) I took that to the next level, but it just comes out of nowhere, and then suddenly we hate this person. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. So, that I am very picky on rom-coms. They are one of my least favorite genres to watch, uh... For for many reasons that you've listed, for sure. But I think one of the big ones is that I actually take them a little bit too seriously. So, like, not to say that these movies are supposed to show what relationships are like or whatever. But at the same time, it, it's the reception that it gets. Like, we're really into them so much as if we wish that were how it happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why people would want it to happen the way it happens on screen. It's just, 
it's very unrealistic and and I just I just don't get it. But one of the biggest things that you said was the love triangle. I cannot stand the love triangle. <laughs> and TV, I understand why they do it because it stretches out. You don't know who she's going to pick. I get it. But I think there's a way to do it to make it, uh, I guess, more original, more unique. If you choose the triangle bit, find a way to do it better. Maybe have both people be amazing people and she actually struggles on who it is they are supposed to be with. And it just annoys me that either one of them is too nice, which means too boring. So let's go with the badass the womanizer or the other guy's like a super asshole. So I'm just going to go with the guy who came in for five minutes and I'm suddenly in love with him. Right. They made the decision for us. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. That's yeah. That's the thing is that we're told who to like and who not to like. Mm -hmm. And that is to me, I think you, we should be branching out of that and start showing some heavy conflict as to, you know, like it's not that easy to just choose somebody, you know? Well, here's what you kind of brought this up, so I'm going to piggyback on it. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy to me because I, I was carpooling with a friend for a while. It was an hour-long car ride, and she would put on talk radio in the morning. And one morning it blew my mind because this girl called in, and she's like, I've come back across my ex-girlfriend of like nine years ago, but I'm with this guy now. Like, what should I do? Should I cheat on him? Should I like break up with him should I just try to forget her and it was crazy to me because in our culture I feel like this is a thing and I feel like in a lot of rom-coms it is too rather than just talking about it with her boyfriend she was encouraged by the radio host to just cheat basically cheat yeah. until she figures out which one she wants to be with Jeez. I'm like talk about it yeah. there might be another option without like I know you know <clears throat> well with the sake of entertainment and watching it from a third party obviously those stupid decisions makes for better viewing so i mean yeah we're not gonna see a lot of movies where they actually do the right thing but what if there's like a movie where it's more real to life where she tells him what if he's cool with that what if she can be with both of them well i mean that would be oh, i can't think of the word um i don't want to say like modern dating but yeah that would be more of a a can't think of the word it's like a forward view of how relationships could be that it's not it's not so like you know formulaic where it's just like you know monogamy and all that stuff like all of it is told in a different way and different you know like open-minded stuff can happen when you know you're in a relationship it doesn't have to be so black and white right so i mean and, and you know what maybe there are movies like that out there we just haven't really been Seeing well, I'd like to see it more in the mainstream because I think it can be a little toxic to just show these movies with very simple, exactly, you know, storylines that, yeah, you know, girls and boys look up to, mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to find this one true love and everything's going to be perfect. No, you're going to go through trials. You're going to yeah. have things come up. Exactly. So, I mean, with that being said, is there like one or two that you know off top of your head that you actually do like? Um. I do have a favorite. Okay. It's an odd one that you haven't seen. Okay. Do you know where I'm going? No, no. Okay. Either. It's uh, A Life Less Ordinary. Oh, I should have known. You should have known. <laughs> we talk known. about it. <laughs> I know. Um, one day I will watch that, but that's Cameron and Ewan McGregor. Ewan, yes. Okay. Very and it's good. it's a British film and Holly Hunter's in it too. And so is Scott Rudden, who's the dad in Clueless. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. So the the basic storyline behind that one and why I love it is he's working for, or Ian McGregor's working for Cameron Diaz's dad, who's also somebody, I just don't remember his name, but he gets fired and through the strange twist of events, he takes her hostage and tries to um, extort money okay. from the dad. Okay. But Cameron's in on it. She's smart. She doesn't like her dad. So she's teaching Ewan how to extort money from her dad. <laughs> and while at the same time in heaven, two angels are sent to earth because... Angels? Right, right. Whoa. Whoa. Hold on. Hold on. Because <laughs> divorce rate is too high. So they have to prove that the love department is still good and open for business by bringing you and Cameron together. Oh my god. It's a fun movie. There are and angels it's smart. involved? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. I had no idea that it was going to go there. Okay. And it to me it's just fun to see these two people who aren't even meant to be in love, like watching them through their trials and it's not just the basic like Okay. Oh, you lied to me. I don't like you anymore. Mm-hmm. They actually like go through shit. Okay. Okay. Um, what, well, there are a few, like while you were sleeping will always be one of my favorites. I, it's not a really good example of the type of love story I would like to see on film, but again, it is just super entertaining. But if I wanted to pick one that kind of gave really a good story on what relationships are like, uh, fools rush in. Mm. I really, really enjoyed that one. And, um, yeah, two people hook up while they're in Vegas. She gets pregnant. They decide to stay together, have the baby, and make the best out of their situation. I guess just um, let fate handle Well, not let fate handle it, but like just accept the fact that they are brought together. And, and so they try and have a relationship and get to know each other and decide to have the kid. And obviously, Sama Hayek is, you know, is she, is she she's Mexican, right? Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, Matthew Perry is the whitest man on earth. So, like, <laughs> it's not only the interracial dating part of it, but it's also the culture clash. And a lot of that is put into the movie. And I, I just found that movie to be super entertaining, even though they had the biggest grand of all endings that romantic comedies have. That aside, I thought it was pretty authentic with, like... okay. You know, and um, as cheesy as this is, he's just not into you, I think is a really good example of modern dating when it's like when technology is involved and like they had a ton of like storylines and characters that were dealing with all different types of relationships, Actually, you know, tropes. I did like that one because I feel like there it was go. a very true look. Wasn't at women, it though? Because I have girlfriends who come up to me and they're like, he's just not getting back to me. And I just want he's just so hard to do. No, see, no, like see, exactly. You. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, stuff like that. But so throughout the episode, uh, Sean and I actually thought that we would uh, play a little fun game um, <laughs> in honor of today's topic. See, the, the past couple of weeks him and i have brought the movie game back into our lives and if you guys are unfamiliar with the movie game on how plain that title is uh it's it's a game where you say an actor's name and then the other person says a movie they've been in and then you have to name an actor who's been in that movie and just connect the dots we played a little differently but in the spirit of that movie game because we just can't stop playing it now um, we decided to um, play a game where we have two actors 
who were a couple in a in a rom-com movie and we have to guess the movie that they're from we had a third party make a list for us um 10 questions it's just uh, a pair of two actors and the date of the film when it was released and then we have to guess the movie so throughout the episode we're just going to kind of go back and forth playing this and we'll eventually get to the <laughs> end and see who knows the most rob's gonna win i'm terrible at rom-coms Probably. anytime he throws a rom-com into the movie game i'm like uh i just say <laughs> infinity war because everybody's in that <laughs> that's how i get you if i get yeah if i'm getting irritated or is this taking too long i'll just throw a rom-com at you <sighs> Okay, so let's do one or two before we um, start the review of the movie. Um, let's see. Let's do the first one. So the first one is Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. This is the 2002 movie. <laughs> and so what we did was we texted all of the answers and texted it to each other. So I'm going to read... Sean's answer. Please keep in mind, if you hear a movie come out of my mouth, it is his answer. It is not mine because I How know. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm already looking at this first one and I'm just dying. Oh my god! Okay, um, Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. So Hugh Grant was in this movie. So I get a half a point. Yes, you get a half. Okay, so. Sean put Notting Hill. You're welcome. <laughs> Good try. Rob put two weeks notice, which is probably right. Okay, so I'm going to go <laughs> to the answer key and just, you know, for the sake of argument. So, okay. Two weeks notice is the answer. All right. So one for me. All right, let's do one more and then we'll start our review. Um, Let's see. Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Now they've been in everything. Yeah. So specifically by date, this is um 1998. Sean put you got mail. Rob put you got mail. Notice how we said it with the AOL voice. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is you got mail. All right. I'm at one and a half points. See, you know your shit. I don't. Whatever. Mm, you're, you're wait till you see the rest of my list. I know. <laughs> I I can only imagine this is going to be so much fun. Um. Okay. So the movie that I've chosen is uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, I remember watching this movie and I... Th- I didn't watch it at theater in theaters. I waited until it became on DVD because I had really no desire to watch it. But it's got a all you know a very good cast, and it it should have intrigued me to go to the movies, but just didn't watch it. But when I did, I was just very impressed with the story and how it like was executed, and there are twists in this yes. that you usually don't get <laughs> in rom-coms, and trust me, when this twist hit me, I was just like blown away, and I was like, I have to buy this movie just for that twist, and of course, back then, I had a credit card, so I was like, fuck it. There you go. So, yeah, Crazy Stupid Love is uh, 2011, it's PG-13. It was a budget of fifty million. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Opening weekend was nineteen million. 
Uh, gross in the U.S. was eighty-four million. Wow! So it made a little bit of. A, I mean, well, yeah, it made a little bit of a profit, and then worldwide was a hundred and forty-two million plus. That's more than a little bit of a profit. Yeah, I don't know how they can get a sequel from this, but clearly they, you know, had a winner with yeah. with this cast, and the cast couldn't have been any better. Um, uh, Emma Stone, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Julianne Moore. Kevin Bacon. Right? I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. He just popped up all of a sudden. I know, right? Um, Six degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it is uh, written by uh, Dan Fogelman, who writes a lot of TV shows, mostly about relationships, but he's an amazing writer. Uh, directed by Glenn Fakara and John Rakua, I think his name is. And it's about a middle-aged husband's life changes dramatically when his wife asks him for a divorce and he seeks to rediscover his manhood with the help of a newfound friend Jacob Ryan Gosling uh learning to pick up girls at bars but trust me there is so much more to this mm-hmm. i mean this movie um gave you a little bit of layers a lot of different um storylines within the movie it's not just about him there was a lot of focus on his family and how it how the divorce is affecting them and then um their kids uh one of them who is having a um his first love (laughs) with his babysitter (laughs) and emma stone meeting ryan reynolds and their relationship sort of forming even though he's a womanizer ryan reynolds did i say Dude, I'm sure a lot of people did that when, like, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, okay, Ryan Gosling, and, um, yeah, even though he's a womanizer, he obviously met somebody he really likes, we get to see that form, um, so Sean, what was your initial reaction to me even choosing this movie for you? Like, you said you may have seen it, but not, but... Yeah, I know I've seen parts of it for sure. I don't know if I had watched the whole thing just when it came out or if I just saw parts of it on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, My initial reaction is, well, I told you I thought different actors were in it completely. I was surprised and excited to see my Stevie Carell. I think he's so such a great actor. Like He knows how to be funny in different layers. Mm -hmm. But I knew I was going to get a good movie. I just didn't know what type of movie because I've heard that it's one of the big rom-coms. Yeah. Yeah, uh, did you end up liking it? I actually really liked it. Really? I kept trying to trick him. Like, I was like, oh, this movie sucks. It's <laughs> I, horrible. I honestly didn't know. Yeah, like, at some point I knew you were trying to throw me oh, off. But I, yeah, I was actually really curious if this one would actually grab you. Because it is kind of long. It's it, it's about two hours. And, you know, what else can you really do? Right, it and was it, a little bit long. And I was trying to think, like, I don't know what you'd cut out of it. So I think it needed to be long. Mm -hmm. I read actually originally it was three hours. Really? Oh, wow. But what I really liked about it is what we were talking about. It's true to life relationships. Mm -hmm. Like a divorce just came out of nowhere to him because she's cheating. But he went through the phases. You know, he went through a phase of kind of a depression. Then he met Ryan Reynolds, we'll call Ryan Gosling. (laughs) Um, And, you know, he went through the kind of self-worth like sleep around and then he came back to know I want her and I just felt like it was true people I was watching not Mm -hmm. somebody running to the airport trying to get her before she gets on the plane (laughs) yeah 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 um so um right off the bat we see these two people at dinner and 
You know, he has none the wiser of what's going on. And then all of a sudden she just blurts it out and he hits, I, I wouldn't say rock bottom, but he obviously, it hits him hard. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your take on like cheating? Is this something that can be forgiven or like, is that it? Bam, done. Like, I don't, cause the whole movie is him being like, oh, she cheated, but it's my fault. Like she cheated. I mean, it was sort of like a justification. Oh, I'm not man enough for you. So I guess it was cool that you cheated. I can forgive. Like, is that something that is forgivable? And, you know, like, should he have been the one to go after her? Shouldn't it have been her going after him? I think that's a good point you bring up, because one thing I read once, I read a lot about it for various reasons, but one thing I've read is, like, the part that people are more upset about about the cheating is the lying. Exactly. A lot of times they don't even care as much about the sexual act that happened. So I'm that weird guy in my marriage with Chris. Like, I've always just told him exactly what's going on in my mind. Like, no matter what, like, one time I, like, when we were just a few years in, I had this weird little crush on one of his friends and mm-hmm. he was someone big in our life. So I just went home one day and told Chris like, Hey, I have this weird little crush thing. And Chris was like, that's cool. Thanks for telling me, <laughs> you know, like, and it, it made it, it made those feelings easier to kind of go away and go into a friendship because it wasn't that dirty secret anymore. It was out in the open. We talked about it. Chris was even like, I've had a crush on him in the past too. So I don't blame you. Yeah. But we agreed, like, don't act on it, you know? Of course. Yeah. Are you guys still friends with him? Yeah. Oh, does he know? He doesn't know that I did. He doesn't know? I never told him. Oh, that's so funny. Well, actually, I've I've hinted at it heavily. Okay. So, but so there's no, like, awkwardness or weirdness. It's just let it go, right? Yeah. We Um, also that shit. I wonder if he's listening right now. He could be. And he probably thinks it's him, too. He probably know, too. Freaking douche. He knows. (laughs) (laughs) oh well so i mean yeah i i mean i don't know until it happens as far as i know i've never been cheated on Mm -hmm. up to this day and um yeah as i witness other relationships and experiences from you know friends and other people i have kind of come to the same conclusion is that it's the lying part that is the betrayal Mm -hmm. and not so much on on the cheating and even though it does hurt there is, you know, a big factor about it. But, I mean, is it grounds for divorce? Like, do you immediately end things? There's nothing forgivable about that. And I think times are changing where it's, I, I'm not going to say it's not as bad, but it just speaks on a lot of other things. And it, and it comes with trust. It comes with, you know, am I still, you know, attractive to them? Like, all of these different avenues, triggers in your head just from that one act. And... um I, I don't I don't know. It's 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 something that can be explored instead of just being like, bam, it's one of the commandments, go to hell. Right. You know, like we're done. So that that was really interesting to kind of watch this again and having to go through it. Cause nowadays I think it would play out a little differently. I think so too. Yeah. I think it would have been interesting to see her confront uh Steve Carell about her feelings for Kevin Bacon before it happened. Yeah. And see kind of the process that Steve Carell goes from there and trying to deal with that and, you know, what's, what's he doing to cope with it on Do his side? Do you see how casual it was for, like, Kevin Bacon to just still be in her life? Yeah. And he worked with her. Like, what was that? 
Like, that was so crazy. But that's how it happens. Yeah. Because she wasn't looking for anybody, but she worked with him. I'm just surprised, like, because the office had to have known. Yeah. And, you know, like, none of them got reprimanded for it or anything like that. It was just such a weird thing. Um, But, yeah, I, I just found that to be interesting. And then he meets a random dude in a bar <laughs> who... Okay, so, look. <laughs> Do you like Gosling? I do. Yeah. I really liked him in this movie, too. Wasn't he really good in this? He was. I really liked him in this. I don't think I've ever really seen him as animated. Yeah. He did a lot of comedy in this one. And he's known for being, like, super shy and introverted and not really outspoken or whatever. Do you think that's all an act? Or is he really like that? I don't know. I haven't seen him in enough movies. Like, I saw Drive, which I feel like he was yeah. big in Drive. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you were to see him in, like, interviews or, like, award shows, like, he'll get nominated and they'd be like, you know, nominated for this. Ryan Reynolds, and they put the camera on him and he's just, mm, you, did you know, again. just all shy. I hope you know you did it again. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Drinking game. Anytime I say Ryan Reynolds, take a shot. Unless you're driving, don't do that. I do not condone drinking and driving. But Wait, yeah. why not? I just, <laughs> geez. But, you know, like, I don't know. He's just, he's a good looking man. And he, I don't think he's looked any better. Right, when he took off his shirt. I don't think he's looked any better. I mean, he, he's got more of a masculine ruggedness and like drive in other movies like in the future. He does more of the scruff thing. But mm-hmm. this one, I really enjoyed his character. Did he seem like a player to you? I mean, there's there's something about a man who sleeps with a woman after woman after woman, but does that make him a bad person? Is he, you know, because they didn't really show sort of the aftermath of it. Like, is he supposed to be calling these women back or do they know what they're getting themselves into? The way they kind of showed it, I got the impression that he's being up front with like, let's go back to my place. Like, this is sex. Mm -hmm. But you're right. They didn't really show the other side of it. But the fact that he kept going back to that bar. The same bar. Like, never overlaps. I got the impression that, yeah, they all knew, like, this is a really hot guy. This is going to be, like, a one-night thing. Unless he forgets that he already fucked me and then comes back for me later. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, honestly, I was up there with, like, Emma Stone. I was just, like, seriously, calm down. Like, you're you're just too, like, she (laughs) took off the shirt. She was, like, Fuck, are right? you serious? Like, did you have to have the body too? It was like perfectly tanned. He <laughs> said it was photo. You know what? Gosling even said that he believed that he got photoshopped a little really? bit. Really? Even though he did work out quite a bit for the role. Like, he's not going to downplay that whatsoever. But he actually believes he was photoshopped a little Shit. bit. But, yeah, I was just like, really? Did you have to yeah. look that good? Um, but, yeah, uh Good for him. I, I still like the guy. He's And I really liked their relationship in this because that felt real to me. Like he's the playboy, not in a bad way, but she's the one girl that he can't have. They go home, they connect, and that's who he ends up with. Okay, so here's my thing with Uh-oh. that. Here's my thing with that. No, no, no. I, I love that scene. It's just, I mean, I here's what I like about this movie is that they kind of did this trope that we just kind of talked about, but I think they were self-aware of it. And when you're when you do that, you get more respect because she's with Josh Groban out of all people. I love that he was chosen for this movie. 
<laughs> I'm not happy that hair was chosen for this movie. <laughs> but, I mean, he obviously seemed like the nice guy. She was actually ready to settle down. He turned out to be a douche. But that's what prompt her to go oh, for it. And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not really know. too I, keen on that. But I thought, I, I didn't mind it in this movie because mm-hmm. it kind of was a more just he's not giving her what she wants. She wants a future with somebody and he's just kind of like, meh, I'm not there yet. Yeah. I I don't know. I just, I think I just wanted more of a meet, hi, hello. She continues to make him try. And not, because even though she was totally for him, he really just said what he said when he was hitting on her and that was it. He didn't have to do anything else. It was the fact that she was pissed, and she the minute she did that, she went right back to him. I still feel he didn't put in his dues. So two things for you. Mm. So A, do you really think she would have gone to him for any other reason than he was an easy target and she was just hurt? B, it was already a two-hour movie, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) But I mean, if they had just switched it out and not had this guy be like because you have to think about like what is his reasoning for this okay like he was in this movie to do what push her towards him i think so okay because she's the she's the good girl you know she's doing everything right and by the number she's not gonna mess around with the playboy but then she's hurt by the good boy so she in a in a something that's different from her character for us she goes for the bad boy just to explore it yeah Okay. All right. So here's the thing about that scene, which is one of my favorite scenes, like their official like dates. So she decides like, are you still attracted to me? Do you want to go home? Let's go. We're leaving Mm -hmm. now. And um, they end up going back to their place. And I, I just love the fact he goes, you're not ready for the move. I got to move. Yep. You're not ready for it. <laughs> I had no idea what he was going to say. I couldn't even remember from the first time I watched it. And then he brought up Dirty Dancing. That was a good move. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this was such a long shot, especially because of the fact that she was aware of the move before it actually happened. So the thing about that, and I'm sure you read about this, um, that whole Dirty Dancing thing, not even in the script. Really? This was Ryan's idea. That was a good move. He he just kind of brought it up to them and was like, I want to do the lift. And they decided to actually do the lift. He put the music on. And so Emma Stone apparently discovered that she has this overbearing fear of being lifted high in the air like that. (laughs) So when they tried it, it just was not working. Oh, no. Now, when you hear her, like when you see her being lifted... Stunt double, body double. Figured. But when she was screaming, that was her. That's funny. That was her. Um, But she couldn't do it. And, like, the times that they did it, she was so, like, hyped up and, like, scared and, like, you know, shaking, whatever. I read that to calm herself down, she had to go lie in bed and watch Labyrinth. <gasps> I know. I knew I loved I know, her. I know, right? That just gives her one more geek what point. What is sad. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, when I read that, I was like, oh, she has to watch Labyrinth. That's so adorable. I love that. Let me stop you there. Let's do two more of our questions. Oh, okay. Let's do two more. Okay. So back to our game. We'll take a little break. So number three, 
Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney. I know I got this one right. 1996. Okay. You go first. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Rob put one fine day. Do you know what that is? No. (laughs) Sean. Wait, I just, I love doing this. Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney, 1996. I have to just say it again before I give this answer. Sean put Batman and Robin Returns. (laughs) So stupid. No, this is what I love about that because I always make the joke about, oh, look, it's Batman and Catwoman getting together in this rom-com. Yeah, so One Fine Day is the correct answer, by the way. Um, Whatever. Yes. I, I know I'm right. I love that movie, and I actually own that movie, too. I think, in my opinion, some of the best movies ever made take place in a day. And it just makes the movie flow better. They don't waste any time. There's a little bit of a possibility of like character development development missing so like breaking in was another example of that Mm -hmm. but um this movie all takes place in a day where they they play two parents whose kids was supposed to go on a boat field trip and um their children miss the boat so now they're stuck with their kids and having to do their respective jobs with their kids so they make a pact for the day to help each other out and have one parent babysit the kids while one does their job and they switch out throughout the day. And so hijinks ensues and they get to know each other and it's super fun and quirky and they just play people they're not really used to. And I love George Clooney's character in this. It's such an amazing movie. And I wonder if Jesse actually put this in the quiz because she knows the movie or she just like Googled couples and just put it in. Because if she knows this movie, I'll be very proud of her. I really like this movie. Um, she probably knows it. Okay. She knows a lot of rom-coms. Half but, the time we're playing our game, I turn to Jesse and I'm like, hey, what? who was in this movie? <laughs> but don't but, tell Rob that. But I really like One Fine Day, so hopefully we'll, I'll review that here. Um, okay, and then number four, Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew McConaughey, 2006. I got this one. Okay. Oh, Sean, do you want me to read no, yours no, first? So I'll do yours. All right. Sean put failure to launch. Rob put failure to launch. And that is correct. Failure to launch. Very good. You want to do one more? Or are you good? Let's do one more. Okay. Um, number five, Drew Barrymore and Michael Vartan, 1999. Okay. Would you put? Sean put E.T. returns. <laughs> Jesus. Rob put never been kissed, which I I actually have seen. You've seen. Okay, so do you know who Michael Vartan is now? No. You still don't know. So he played the teacher that she ended up falling for in the movie of okay. Never Been Kissed. And they kiss at the end on the on the football field and blah blah blah, because she finds out she's a grown woman and he's all pissed off and blah blah blah. But you don't remember him at all? Okay. Well, he's mostly famous for um, Alias on TV okay. with Jennifer Garner. Which I didn't watch. You need to watch Alias. It's the you best thing ever. stop telling me what to do. <laughs> what do you want? Shut up. Me? Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's get back. Um, <clears throat> so what did you think about the uh, dynamic between the babysitter and the son? 
I thought it was cute. Um, I liked that she was so receptive to him, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. she walks in and sees him playing with himself. And she doesn't, like, freak out and gross out about it. But she's kind of just not okay with it. But I guess accepting of it. Yeah. And then the end, she gives him the photo, which I thought was super cute. Like, <laughs> basically, you're never going to get me, but here's a little something, something. So this movie actually, um, um, this movie actually gave a lot of controversy when it came out. Really? Yes. Well, this was it. this was definitely under fire because of the fact that a 13 year old boy was given pictures of a naked 17 year old girl, and I mean. Technically, that's child pornography, correct? Correct. So, yes, in the spirit of a rom-com, yes, it's a very cute thing, but, like, it's a little bit dangerous to, like, show that this 17-year-old girl just gave a child naked photos of herself. And I think a lot of people were super confused on, like, oh, did she take the photos for the little boy? And a lot of people forgot she did it for the dad. Right. Um. Now, there's been a lot of scenarios where the babysitter falls for the dad that she usually babysits for. Uh, I mean, I've seen it in all different types of genres, especially the thriller aspect of it. That one. Have you seen the movie, the babysitter? Yes. Oh my God. The movie is so good, (laughs) but it's so disturbing. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. Like he, you know, he liked her and, you know, I, I don't know what I would do if I was her just having to deal with this because she didn't quit her job, you know, like she loves his dad and there's this whole weird triangle thing going on and it's you just like, that. is that really even like super healthy for her? I mean, she's obviously not thinking about it and it's called crazy stupid love. That's what right. we do. We do dumb stuff. But did you find that storyline like believable or like sil- too silly or unrealistic or? Um, I think it was definitely silly, but it's something that does happen. So it was silly for a movie for entertainment value. Yeah. But I didn't feel like it was something you're not going to see, you know? So Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And, um, oh, actually piggybacking back to, like, Ryan and Emma. So, like, you, you were talking about how they connected and, you know, even though they were supposed to just hook up... They ended up talking all night and they find out they really enjoy each other's company and then it just grows from there. And that one person can just change the type of guy that you Mm -hmm. are, the type of girl you are. When they were chatting, all of that was improv. Really? Yes. So the director poured himself some drinks and was like, Ryan, Emma, you go at it. They would occasionally throw out topic titles to them and then they would just like have at it and just talk about it. So all that laughter, all of that was authentic. They just had such the best chemistry with each other. And, um, I mean, who talks about like yoga? I mean, what did he say? He said, what kind of pants were they? He, he talked about like the type of pants that he would wear. I God, I forgot the name (laughs) of the pants. You know what I'm talking about, right? I remember. I don't remember the line though. Crap. I forgot the type of pants he said, but yeah, all of that was improv. Wow, she must be just the coolest person because the same thing happened between her and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it, it, also the babysitter and Emma, they're only like three days apart in age. Wow. She played 17 while he, she, you know, Emma Stone played like 
a grown 24. woman. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, they're not even that different in age either. So wow. yeah, I thought I love that was her. <laughs> <laughs> no, Emma's awesome. Uh did you have like a storyline that you like more than the other? Um yeah, I think out of all the stories, I actually did like Julianne Moore and Steve Carell the most just because like I said, it felt very real. Like it doesn't just wrap up where I'm cheating on you. Oh, that's all right. I hooked up with this girl over here. Now everything's okay. Like mm-hmm. people have emotions and go through things. And yeah. I loved, I love seeing that on film and it felt very real to me. Mm-hmm. And I think Emma and Ryan Reynolds felt very real too. I just, the, we didn't get to see them as much, I think. So I didn't get into it quite as much. And then, like you said, the babysitter was just kind of like a froofy, like, side story. Like, oh, this is cute. <laughs> Look at those naked pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I no, their storyline was really good. I, I actually dug uh, Ryan and Emma's story. I, I mean, it's Ryan kind of disappeared a little bit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, bam, let's just put theirs on full blast. Um, I mean, their love story kind of escalated a a lot quicker than you know the character development of the other ones Mm -hmm. but i just found that scene to be really authentic and and cool to watch and aside from all the other rom-coms that i've watched in the past i just thought that one was really cool that they focused on two people just having a conversation and just enjoying each other's company and like that speaks volumes instead of doing these high theatrical like events to you know right you know so standing outside with the radio <laughs> yeah i'm actually really mad about three minutes ago i said ryan reynolds to make fun of you and you didn't even notice I didn't you're know. so sold on it because being ryan that's reynolds. who he is in this movie right now <laughs> he's just being played by ryan reynolds so um i also want to point out that this movie made me feel super old it only came out in 2011, but the phones that they were yes. using, my God. And the fact that they brought up Twilight really made me feel old. Mm. I was like, that was actually a movie for Punchline. That's like, and she was talking about the first one. Yes, she was. She was like, it was so bad. I hated <laughs> that movie. I'm like, wow, I'm I've so never old. connected with a character more than when she said that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Twilight? I hate Twilight. Why do you hate Twilight? It's so bad. Bad and okay. All right, here's the thing. I'll admit this to everybody listening. So, the three of you out there. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I went on a trip with my best friend once for two weeks. We went to um, London and just around Europe. And the only books we had with us were the Twilight books because we really wanted to read them because they were like at the height of their popularity. We're like, let's see what it's all about. Yeah. So, we read all four books on that trip, but we hated them. Okay. So, like, I know the full story back and front. Okay. And just, I find them so unhealthy. Like, talk about unhealthy relationships presented to young girls. Yeah. No, it is very unhealthy. Yeah. Like, she finds stuff to do with Jacob, and she actually connects with him, but she's obsessed with Edward. And then she's like, I don't want to go to school. Put a baby in me. (laughs) All right. (laughs) No, no, no. They're very bad. I don't know. I There's something about the underdog and Jacob is why I kept watching it. (laughs) Underdog. I know. See what you did there. See what I did? did? Yeah. (laughs) No, I I liked I liked that whole like, you know, I'm just gonna not steal her from him, but just like to me, he I was Team Jacob and I wanted to see him succeed, so I just kept watching it. I couldn't help it. Okay. Yeah. So 
It's it's one of those guilty pleasures, I guess. Mm. But hey, I'm proud of it. You keep that pleasure. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, an- another strength I thought this movie had was that, again, it was aware of its cliches. When, you know, it started raining on him. Oh, he yeah. He was just like, what a cliche. What a cliche. And, you know, there was, you know, just other stuff like when Emma was like, I know what's going to happen. I'm, you think I'm just this cutesy little girl and you can't sleep with me. And so you're just going to put a blanket over me and we're going to like, no, we're going to bang. <laughs> Do people still say bang? Do you hear bang? I don't hear it anymore. I don't hear it anymore either. Yeah, I used to go to club bang. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't hear bang anymore. She nope. was like, do people still use that? It's like, yeah, we're going to bang. <laughs> so, I mean, one other question that I'll have, and then we'll rate the film. The solution to for Stephen Carrere's uh, Carrell's character. Car- wait, God, I can't Are say his name right now. Are we going to mess up his name now, Probably too? Probably Stephen Carrell. Carell. Carell, yeah, I was saying it right. Okay. For his character to win his woman back, gain his manhood, was the the suit and tie clothes and the use of women and, you know, just sleeping with as many as you can. I mean, obviously he had his philosophy. He changed his ways. Gosling did. But, like, do you feel that's just the universal reason or way to gain back your confidence is to spend like thousands and thousands of dollars right. on clothes and just go up to every woman and see if you can sleep with them. Like, what did you think about that type of like messaging? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question, Rob. <laughs> That's how I lay it down yeah. on here, you know? You know, I think there is something to be said for that because you do gain confidence quick that way. Um, I don't know. Jeez. Some people can't afford those suit and ties, well, though. Right. It's just like, how just do you... just the drink bill alone was like $862. Yeah. I mean, this this movie was from a perspective of very rich people. Right. And, you know, it was just so easy for them to just go in and just be like, throw out all his clothes, get a new wardrobe, you know, and, you know, like, where do you go from there when you don't have all of those, you know, advantages? But So I would say, like... Cutting out how much money he spent aside, just focusing on the reinventing his look and just sleeping with people. I think that's a very common thing to do in a breakup. And I think it does give a quick spurt of confidence because you're like, oh, I'm wanted. Like, I haven't felt this way. But then just like what happens to him, it wears off, I think. And you get to a point where you're like, I want something real. I want to connect with someone, which is where he got and realized he wants to be with his wife again for that reason. Yeah. And that's where Ryan Gosling got to with Emma Stone is it's fun for a while, but then there's a point where you just want to come home to someone, I think. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Okay. So let's rate this film. Let's rate it one through five. Lyndon. <laughs> No, that would have been. I was gonna say Lyndon Hagen's. Okay. <laughs> um. So one through five, Lyndon Hagen's. I'm actually gonna give it a four. Okay. Four out of five. I watching it again. I was reminded why I bought it. And at the end of the day, it is a movie that's very entertaining. I love the fact that I got to watch you watch it and. You were watching me? Well, I mean, just watch your reactions <laughs> to like most of the film, especially the twist at the end, I thought was pretty darn clever. Um, but uh yeah, it's it's not for everyone, but it is one of the smarter rom-coms out there, but it does drag a little. 
And that whole speech at the school, like, principal would have put a stop to that. Yeah, that like, nobody's odd. trying to hear about love at a graduation. Like, it's fucked up. But, um, aside, you know, like, I think I may have seen better rom-coms than this. But I think overall, I really liked how much involved, the, how the character-driven part of it was. But it just wasn't, like, that perfect movie. So right. I'll, I'll give it for Lyndon Hoggins. Lyndon Hagens. <laughs> oh, and Marissa Tomei was hysterical. In oh, God. It. Totally forgot to talk about her. so funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I would give it probably three Lyndon Hoggins. Okay. Just because it was entertaining, despite the fact that it dragged. I would recommend it. I just don't know how much... I'd watch it maybe once every few years when I'm going through a hard time. <laughs> See, that's the other thing, too, because what I wanted to do when I do Rob's collection is would I have bought it today or just left it? And on like, I'm glad I have it, but I don't need it. It's not mm-hmm. a movie that needs to be in my collection. Um and I, yeah, I wouldn't want, I don't, I don't know how many times I would actually be like, I'm in the mood for crazy, stupid love. Right. Um, and I think with my rom-coms, I may want to laugh a little bit more than be, you know, on the drama side. So I would say this one, I would probably sell. Okay. I would not keep this on my shelf. Um, I think it is worth the watch, not saying anything different, but, um, Yeah. It's it's still a good movie. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Okay, so let's finish our game. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Oh, actually, before that, before that, let's do the question of the week. And it was, who is your favorite on-screen movie couple? My favorite on-screen movie couple, I would say, is Emma Stone... And Andrew Garfield. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you knew I was going to say that. You knew I knew I was going to say that because (laughs) that is my choice. (laughs) No, honestly, it was between two couples. It was either them or Audrey and Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yes. That's a really good one. And I I really love that couple on that movie. But, like, I was so invested in Gwen and Peter Parker. Yes. I... Like, Amazing Spider-Man 2. And just the fact, like, when she even knew about him being Spider-Man and that support and the fact that they continuously kept mm-hmm. dating even though the world told them not to. He was haunted by his by her dad not to, to just leave her alone because fate will not work in your favor if you keep seeing her and they couldn't help it. And it was just cute how they both kept working off of each other. They did such a good job with it. Yes. My other one I was going to say was going to be Ewan and uh, Nicole Kidman. No. Oh, from Mulan. Mm, such a sob story. <sighs> uh, yeah. Let's not talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to read a couple of other people because I had some others like give their... Um, so... Nate, his fate, said Jack and Sally that okay. I made for Christmas. Um, Lemos Rigo said Love and Basketball. Um, that's Omar Epps and um, Sonia Nathan, that basketball movie. I don't know if you've seen that one. <laughs> oh, you haven't even? Oh, God, Lord, here we go. Um, I hate you. 
Jason12182 uh, said Seymour and Audrey. And uh, this is off Instagram. This is uh, GJECM said Mikey and Mallory. I don't know who that is. I might have to look them up. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking Mike and Molly, but is this is Mallory, so I don't know. Oh, you know who that is? Um cuz I think I looked them up. Yes, I did look them up. That is um Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis, Natural Born Killers. Oh. That's okay. who that was. I knew it was Touché. somebody. Yeah, that's who that was. Uh okay. So yeah, good. We even agreed on the on the couple. That's so funny. God, I love Gwen. I love Gwen. Fucking hate Mary Jane for the life of me. I hate her. I don't like her. I don't know why. I just can't stand her character. You know what's really ironic? This is off topic, but uh-huh. I'm still going to say it. The reason they killed off Gwen Stacy in the comic books way back when is because she was too boring. Stanley didn't like her anymore. Really? So it's amazing to me. There's been this resurgence of Stacy in the movies and the comics. Like she's everything to our generation, you know. 50 so years when later. Did, so when did um, Gwen Stacy's Spider-Woman come out? Like Spider-Gwen? Spider, Spider-Gwen. Spider uh, That came out maybe three years ago, four years ago. Okay. Basically, so it's fairly new then. Basically, Amazing Spider-Man made this whole resurgence of Gwen Stacy because Emma Stone made us all fall in love with her. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, see, there you go. It's power of the stone. <laughs> <laughs> romancing the stone right okay let's finish our game where are we at oh number six number six don't laugh at me i tried it's okay it's okay i'm <laughs> glad you tried um jennifer lopez and ralph fines 2002 isn't it rafe fines rafe i thought it was ralph okay fine <laughs> i don't know i could be wrong okay Is it so? okay um jesus sean <laughs> Has put Shakespeare in Love. I knew he was in that, so that's the only thing I could think of. So here's the thing. Shakespeare in Love is Joseph Fiennes, <laughs> his younger brother. <laughs> but good effort. I love it. <laughs> um, What did I put? Made in Manhattan. Made in Manhattan. The correct answer <laughs> is Made in Manhattan. Uh, number seven. Melanie Griffith. And Harrison Ford, 1988. Rob put Witness. I've never even seen that movie. That's just a movie I would think there was a couple in, so I don't know if that's right. Sean put Indiana Jones and Antonio Banderas' wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. You are hilarious. Okay. Oh, God, that was funny. Working girl. Oh, okay. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah, I've never seen working girl, but I know exactly what that is. (sighs) I really thought I had that one. (laughs) (laughs) Dumb. Okay. Um, Number eight, Julia Roberts and Joan. Joan. Oh, God. God. No. (laughs) John Cusack in 2001. Sean put Closer. I love Closer. Have you seen Closer? I've seen Closer. Oh, God. You want to talk about real relationship shit. God. Oh, we need to do that movie. I love that movie so much. Okay. The Day Anything Years. No, this was Say Anything Years. Oh, the Say Anything (laughs) Years. 
<laughs> Jesus. Okay. Rob put American Sweetheart. I know that Julia's in that movie, but I don't know if John Cusack was. Let's see if I was right. America Sweetheart. Uh, I've actually yes. seen that too. I got that right. Yes, I was a total guess. Okay. I think you got number nine wrong. Really? I think so. Oh, well, no, because I didn't know the title. I know exactly okay. what the movie is. I know the movie. I just didn't know the title. So number nine, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Sean Patrick Flannery. And this is 1999. Sean put Practical Magic, which is wrong. Really? That's Nicole Kidman and Damn Sandra it, it Bullock when they're witches. I, I wanted to put that too, but that's the wrong title. Rob put Taste of Magic. So you know what it's, it's, it's she's a chef and like her cooking makes oh, people fall in love. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. I even remember the trailer because the song Crush called? was in the trailer and yeah, she just has this gift of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I but I couldn't think of the title. Okay, let's see. Simply Irresistible. Okay. Son of a bitch. I should have known it was the title of a freaking song. Okay. And then last but not least, number 10, Reese Witherspoon and Mark Ruffalo, 2005. Sean put Sweet Home Alabama. Great guess. Great, great guess. <laughs> Rob put Far From Heaven. Do you know what that is? I've heard of it. Okay, yeah. Uh, the answer is, oh, Just Like Heaven. Oh. So I was close. but You know what's funny? It had that title in my head. I knew it fit somewhere for some reason, but yeah. I couldn't think of where. <laughs> okay, do we need to tally? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. Yep, I won this. All right, so um, one other thing that I wanted to do um, just to kind of close up the show is that I got a comment from um, our good, good friend on Instagram. Uh, what's what's the name? Wine Whiskers Woo Woo. She just, yeah, she just keeps commenting on my stuff and I love it. So this was her take on Crazy Stupid Love. She says, admittedly, rewatchable, one of the all-time most fun shopping scenario montages, <laughs> right up there with Pretty Woman, great cast chemistry in every dynamic, a side of Marissa Tomei and Kevin Bacon's sprinkles on top, also when Emma Stone's character is going all loveling about um, Josh Groban's character's boringness, and her best friend, played by hilarious um, Liza LaPera. Uh, reactions in those restaurant scenes, so you know how they were just like talking about like him being all boring. Lots of heartfelt scenes and life-happening hijinks. And hey, the dirty dancing scene too. Uh, the movie started out at a very enjoyable 3 out of 5 and has eventually grown to a 5.5 for her. Wow. Yeah, she really enjoyed this movie. Um, some other, uh, folks, I think on Twitter kind of responded to and put, um, like this podcast, Movie Mayhem podcast, gave it a 2.5 and, um, let's see, somebody else wrote something else. Uh, uh, Ghosts of the Stratosphere podcast gave it a four and, uh, this Twitter is Kara Post-Kennedy. She just wrote the word UG and sent me an article 
of why this movie should be one of the most hated rom-coms ever because of the fact that every character was an asshole. Wow. She didn't like the fact that the, um, you know, the babysitter gave the pictures to the little Mm -hmm. boy. She just thought that was kind of gross and heavy. And that in order to get his wife back, he wanted to make her jealous by sleeping with all of these women and him just being a womanizer. And, and, you know, women, I, I don't know if they're really depicted as strong individuals in this film. Um, just on how easy his game was on them. And, you know, you got to say that their shit's boring and you don't want to hear anything about what there's. I don't know. It was just. It's a good point. Yeah. So she just didn't like the whole dynamic of it anyway. And why we should be hating most rom-coms anyway, because they're completely unrealistic of how life goes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, she was just not having it. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to read those comments on there. Um, but, yeah, I think we had a good episode. I think so. Today. And um, this is the first movie I probably would not buy as of today. But again, glad I saw it. Uh, Let me see what else is next that I'm supposed to do. Ah, crap. Um, Go back, go back. Okay. So thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. Uh, Next week is another round table. I am going to do a Hitchcock film that I have never mm. seen before. And um, this was already pre-recorded, so we've already got it down. Um, but um, I- I'm glad that I was able to do this because Hitchcock is a director that I don't have much experience with. And this was a movie that is kind of popular but isn't. And I'll be joined by Sean and my friend James. We're going to do Strangers on a Train. So uh, make sure to tune in next week. Look out for that question of the week to pop up. And again, um, rate Strangers on a Train. If you have an opportunity to watch it, watch it again. And then come back and join me next Wednesday when we talk about it. And uh, yeah, thank you, Sean. Wasn't Ryan Reynolds in Strangers on a Train? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) thank you again for listening and, um, yeah, have a good night.